Hey, and welcome to the Healthier You podcast. This is the number one place to be if you are a female leader looking to massively uplevel your health. My name is Sarah Elizabeth and I'm your host. I'm a women's health coach with a mission to guide you into becoming the CEO of your health and your life. So each week we'll delve into topics to help you optimize your health, whether that be hormones, gut health, mindset, nutrition, personal growth, and so much more. I am so, so excited that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Healthier You. I am so excited to share this conversation with you. So today I sat down with the wonderful Emma Louise Parks. She is a success coach and consultant for ambitious introverts and we had a conversation about owning your energy which is a term that she's actually trademarked and I can fully see why. She is so refreshing because she just does things differently which is one of the reasons why I wanted to invite her on the podcast. The way that she runs her business, the way that she sets up her boundaries, the way that she communicates, the way that she sets up her relationships, like everything that she does is so intentional. And I just love this about her. The way that she um, runs her business is so different from what is kind of the done, quote unquote, done thing. And she really talks about how she is so intentional with the decisions that she makes around all of these things. And I just think it's such a refreshing conversation, a conversation that all of us need to hear. I know that I learned so, so much from this conversation, even though I'm an extrovert and someone who really is lit up by other people and loves being around other people. I even took so much from this conversation and it's such a permission slip to do things in your own way and to do things in a way that really recharges you. And that little kind of gentle reminder to not be so stimulated by things all the time and to give yourself a little bit of a break from technology and to unplug for a little bit and let yourself kind of be a little bit introverted and be a little bit intentional and intuitive with your time and so I think this is going to be a really really empowering episode for you especially as we come to this time of the year. I think that winter is a very introverted time in general. It's a time for you to kind of come inwards and rest and recoup and hibernate And so during this time, it is so, so helpful to take stock of what's working for you, what isn't working for you, how do you want to move forwards? What does that look like? And I think Emma gives some really, really tangible, helpful pieces of advice in this episode that you are going to take away with you and really, really enjoy. It was honestly such a pleasure to sit down with her today and her energy was just so incredible. So I'm very excited to share this episode with you. Without further ado, I'm going to leave you to the conversation. Of course, if you want to contact Emma and get in touch with her, I have left her details in the show notes. But without further ado, here is the episode. Welcome to the show. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation. We've obviously been connected. We've got lots of mutual connections. We've kind of been in each other's world for years and not really connected until lately. So I'm really excited. And yeah, I feel like everything that I am passionate about in terms of owning our energy really meshes so well with everything you talk about with health and wellness. So um, I'm excited. Throw the questions at me. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to have you on as well. And I've been following your content and your message for a 
really long time now. And I just love how authentic you are. I love how you are just not one to kind of sit in the crowd and do what everybody else is doing. You are so aware and intentional about what you're doing with your business, what you're doing with your boundaries. And I can't wait to speak to you about all of that today because I think it's, I don't know if you find this as well, but I think in the coaching space, there's always um, certain messages that are always that are always out. There's this expectation to be on Instagram. There's an expectation to be on all the time and constantly delivering. And I think especially if you're an introvert, that is really difficult, right? So I'm really keen to, first of all, find out a little bit more about your journey to where you are today. And I know that you've kind of trademarked the term own your energy. So I'd love to know, first of all, I guess, what brought you to this space of like being really passionate about owning your energy and um, really kind of like um, being intentional about what you're doing with your energy? Oh, gosh, probably about a million different things when I when I look back. It definitely wasn't a linear journey, but there are things even way back when I was younger that I can look at now and say that's contributed to where I am today. And I think the biggest thing for me is I didn't understand what introversion or high sensitivity or any of those terms were. I didn't have a word for them, should I say, in my vocabulary until I was probably mid to late 30s. So as soon as I understood them, I resonated so hard that I was like, this is me. It's a thing. I'm not weird. There's a description for this because in society where things are generally more extroverted and like you say, especially in the, the online business space and things like that, it's easy to feel like what's wrong with me. But I've always really being cognizant of my energy and how it drains. I really love people. I love you know, talking to people, spending time with people, but equally I do get very drained by people. I was a shift worker for almost 25 years. So that had an impact on my energy. I have been, you know, coaching and instructing various guises for nearly 15 years. There's a lot of emotional labor with that. I've had health issues myself. I took hormonal contraceptives for far too long, which, you know, had an impact. So there's an energetic piece there. There, there are so many facets that I think when I look back, I've always been very mindful of my energy. And it's only as I've gotten older that I've understood really how precious it is and how we're the ones that have to own it and not allow other people to pull it in their direction or, you know, external circumstances to affect it. I love that so much. And I just love how every single part of your kind of health journey life has brought you to this point of like, oh, this is, you know, these were all little breadcrumbs leading me to where I'm supposed to be today. I just always find that so fascinating that there are so many different kind of events that will happen in your life and something so seemingly unrelated right to business hormonal contraception can have such a massive impact on the message that you have I always say your mess is your message so I love that I, I love, love that, that. it sounds like you've, <laughs> it sounds like you've had lots of different messes along the way oh yeah the, oh there's been plenty of messes yeah <laughs> yeah totally totally and one of the reasons that I was just so excited to bring you on here is because I think you are going to be such an expander for the female leaders who listen to this podcast especially the ones who feel that they need to compare themselves or they are comparing themselves to people who are potentially a little bit louder, um, who are constantly, who have that energy where they can put themselves out there all of the time. Not everybody is like that and not everybody can run a business or create success in that way. And so I'd love to know a little bit more about how you feel you create success as an introvert. So could you tell us a little bit more about, you know, what do you do to set yourself up as an introvert to still run a really successful business and create success in your own way, 
in a way that doesn't mean you have to be going out there all the time, being really loud, shouting from the rooftops. What does that look like for you? The biggest thing I think from day one is I've really tried to focus on my strengths and not try to improve upon my weaknesses. And I've always leaned into quality over quantity. So for me, that looks like audio is easy. I was an air traffic controller for 17 years. I literally got paid to have a microphone in front of me and talk to people. So the podcast was a no brainer. That was always going to be the marketing channel that had the least friction for me because I felt comfortable doing it from day one. Also, coincidentally, introverts love a podcast. So it was also a great choice for that. And then understanding I'm not the best writer in the world. I'm okay but I'm not amazing. So I'm not going to write a piece of content every day to to try and put it out. Also, if I need something writing, like a website that's quite important, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to outsource that. And outsourcing is a big piece of managing my energy. And it has been since day one. I would always say to introverts, outsource earlier than you think, because the task might only take an hour to do. But if it's so far outside your zone of genius that it's draining you. It's going to take you three hours to recover from it. So there's that piece of like understanding where my strengths are. And then, you know, the quality over quantity again, you've got people saying, oh, you should be posting on Instagram like three times a day. It was when I first started, which was just not going to happen. I'm also not the kind of person to put out, you know, a, a three sentence post just for the sake of of hitting the algorithm. So again, I had to be like, how do I want to do this? How can I give the most quality so that people can still consume it, still get value from it, but I'm still keeping my energy where it needs to be? Mm, I love that so much. And I think this is what's going to be really, really expanding for so many of the female leaders listening is like, you don't have to be like anybody else. You can do things in a way that feels really good for you. And I think step one is understanding who you are and understanding how you work and what your kind of strengths are I suppose so that you can really lean into those and stop trying to force and push yourself to do the things that don't feel aligned to you and don't feel right for you did it take you a long time to figure out exactly how to do that oh yeah I mean there's been so much trial and error and I'm a one three in human design so it's literally learn everything experiment with it (laughs) and kind of filter out what doesn't work which you know when I was doing more business coaching more so than leadership obviously that was great for my clients because I could just say hey I've tried all of this and this is the this is the thing that works really well so uh yeah I did have to experiment and I'm always very game for trying things like sometimes I know so the podcast I like that's easy I can talk. I'm happy doing that. That feels good. It feels aligned. But I have tried other things and then not, you know, not enjoyed them. So I did a live stream series for a while with guests, which, you know, I tried it for a few months and then I went, no, I'm all for trying things because sometimes when we get outside of our comfort zone, it can be our mindset that makes it feel hard. And it's easy to tell ourselves, oh, I'm just not good at this when actually you just haven't become adept at it. But, you know, there is a difference there between the things that just are not aligned and completely drain your energy. And sometimes it's just giving it a go and trying and then going, this isn't for me. Yeah, I love that. And I think really leaning into this idea of like, there's no, there's really no such thing. Saying no isn't failing at something. Saying no because it's not right for you and because it doesn't feel aligned to you is actually a really positive thing. Like quitting things that aren't working for you is a good thing. And finding what really works and leaning in is, 
you know, is, is the best way forward. And this is the same with the health clients that I work with. It's like, if you're, you keep trying the thing and you're really pushing yourself to do it, but it's a hard slog, not only are you going to be really miserable, but you're not going to be consistent with it. So don't do it, do something else. I'm sure there'll be something that you really enjoy that you want to do more of. And even if it hasn't, isn't as quote unquote effective or whatever, um, you doing it more consistently, whatever you're going to do consistently is going to be the thing that moves the needle the most. So I love that that is really kind of replicated in a real business capacity. And I guess, so I was listening to one of your most recent podcasts, your solo episode, and you were talking about all of the different changes that you'd made in your own business. And I suppose that is a really great example of how you have switched things up to really work with your energy and work in a way that works and feels good for you. Tell us a little bit about how you came to make those decisions. What kind of decisions did you make? Um, and what was your thought process there? And how is how did that look? Because that must have been really, really difficult to be like, actually, I'm leaving this on the table, despite the fact that I have made a success of this, but it doesn't feel right for me. So I'm going to go in, in a different direction. That must have been, that's a really brave move. And I'd love to know a little bit more about how you kind of came to that decision. So one of the things that I will caveat this with for anyone listening is, yeah, I, I literally left money on the table. I've closed down profitable revenue streams that, you know, people were still asking about. And one of the reasons I've been able to do this is I have been managing my energy and working on my own personal development for almost 20 years now. So I think sometimes when people are newer to personal growth and self-awareness and they hear someone doing something like this they go oh my gosh that's so scary I could never do that and you can but I built up a resilience for this and it was also a long time coming it's not like I woke up one morning and went I'm gonna burn my business down to the ground like it was done in a very intentional way so the two main changes that I made one is that I changed the type of offerings that that I have and Although I've always worked with ambitious introverts and that continues, I broadened my offer. So I moved away from the business strategy only piece, which I I always did mindset coaching as well. You know, that was my um, that was where I started, but I've moved the whole brand to much more of a leadership and energetics piece suitable for every ambitious introvert. So that was the first big change. Now, there's definitely a lot more money to be had in the business coaching space. And, you know, there's some of the fees, you know, that coaches are charging reflect that. So that was a big decision to make. But ultimately, when I looked at the clients that got the best results from working with me, and when I looked at the clients that lit me up, yes, they were entrepreneurs. And yes, we we're talking about their business, but often in more of a leadership way often more of how they were showing up, who do they need to be to create the success they want. And it was less about what I'm going to call micro strategy. So it wasn't about what day shall I send my newsletter or how many times a week should I post on Instagram. And I've got, there is a place for that, absolutely, but it's not with me. And I found that when I'd fallen into that space, it, I could tell very quickly it drained my energy and it felt very wrong. And the second place that I made a lot of big changes was my marketing and that again was you know I believe in constant evaluation and you know feeling into things and I'd gotten into a habit with a few things I had a Facebook group that I'd had for many years it had almost a thousand people in there it's a wonderful group people used to say all the time this group's so great but I had to question was it growing the business was it the right audience no because I'd grown that group quite often 
like early days of my business where I was talking to a very different consumer and I was doing it out of a sense of I don't not obligation because that is not the right word I was doing it out of a sense of habit and almost like nostalgia because it had always been there there was a there was just an element of like oh it's the Facebook group but you know from a business point of view does it make sense to be spending two and a bit hours a month on nurturing this group when it's probably not the right clients and you know I'm going through the motions for it didn't feel good anymore and the same with Instagram you know I started on Instagram as my first marketing platform because I like pictures so I thought I chose that because I thought it would be the easiest and I joined at the height you know it was early 2019 I grew my account quite quickly and it's changed so much as a platform. I have changed as a business owner and my target audience has changed. So again, looking at all of those things, looking at the stats on there, looking at the amount of time I was actually spending on there. And I realized that I've only ever got one client from Instagram, which is crazy. I mean, I've made some great connections. I guess some of my closest friends have come from there and I'm so grateful for that. But again, from a business point of view, it just didn't make sense. So I decided that those two, those two marketing avenues were going to be closed off. I love that so much. I think that's going to be so helpful for everybody. And I think one of the more recent episodes that I've done on the podcast is around really reflecting on what's working versus what isn't more from a health perspective, like look at your year, what's worked, what hasn't worked. And it just sounds like you've really leaned into what's working in my business, what isn't working. And just because something is nice, or you have a habit of doing something if it's A, draining your energy and B, not really bringing you the outcome that you need, then evaluate. Do you actually do you actually need to do that? What does a life look like where you don't have to be doing that? And how much more energy do you have when you don't? It kind of reminds me of my own kind of thought process around TikTok, to be honest. So I don't know if you're on TikTok, probably not. I'm not on TikTok. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> But I um, I started a TikTok account, gosh, over lockdown now, and I grew so quickly on it. I grew up to 21K followers really quickly. And there was, there was always this like pressure of like, oh, I've got to be posting on there because I've grown on there so quickly. So, and you know, I, I need to be on there a little bit more and it's doing so well and whatever else. And actually I've had to do the same thing very recently where it's like, yeah, but what is it giving me? What am I getting from it? Because yes, um, you know, I've done well on the platform, but what's the platform doing for me? And if it's draining my energy and it's not making me feel good, then maybe I don't need to be on it. And there's other ways, you know, people ran businesses way before Instagram and TikTok existed. And so there are other ways to do it, especially if, for example, for you, you're a, you're a talker. So getting on your podcast just feels so much more aligned and so much more you. And so it's leaving the path open for things that are actually going to, light you up and, and move you forward. And I suppose that's what your kind of trademark term is all about, right? Is like owning your energy. Have you got any other kind of, I suppose, nuggets of wisdom to share around this kind of own your energy and what that actually means? Yeah, it's, to me, it's very much about you being in the driving seat of how your energy is being used, how you are apportioning it. It comes back to a word that you said at the start, which is intentionality. And it's so easy to act in a way, let's say we have unconscious habits that are draining our energy. Let's say that our relationships are not very equal or our boundaries are leaky and people aren't respecting them. We're not, you know, enforcing them, any of these things. It could be that we are 
following a path of success which someone else has carved out but who is much more extroverted or whose energy works in a different way and we're trying to fit ourselves into that mold there are all of these different ways and I think of it like energy leaks and there's little bits leaking out here and there here and there and if it's never been replenished like don't get me wrong some of those things they it's not going to say oh well you can never be successful if you have a leaky boundary but how much is it leaking versus how much are you putting back in and that's the other side of owning your energy is Are you intentionally recharging? Are you carving out time if you're an introvert to be alone and recharge? A lot of my clients say to me, I take tons of time off. I take tons of time off for my business. I have loads of time off. And I'm like, great, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I I did this and I did this and I went here and I did that. And I was like, okay, how much time did you spend alone? And they're like, uh, uh, like maybe like 20 minutes in the shower. And it's like, yeah, that alone time is so important and it's not this fluffy like oh self-care and just take a bath and you know blah 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 it's how you recharge it's yeah. that literally it so if you're not filling that energy back up and you know health is obviously a big part of this which we'll we'll talk about and you're leaking it that's not going to go very well for very long yeah yeah totally I love that and I think you know one of the things that I always say to my clients is you know a lot of the majority of female businesses when they don't work out it's not because their business has failed it's not because they're not making enough sales it's not because they're not doing well from a profit margin point margin point of view they they fail because of burnout literally that's the biggest reason as to why female businesses close down in all different areas not just the coaching space but in all different types of businesses and so you've really got to ask yourself like you know like it's it's if I want a, a a business that has longevity or if I want a career that has longevity I absolutely need to be putting this as like the sole focus of my life like being able to recharge and have time off and spend time alone if I'm not doing that then I've got to ask myself how much longevity does this really have so I think that's really really important and I can imagine that you probably went through a period of time in your business where maybe you weren't doing that and maybe you felt a little bit of friction or tension or a bit like oh I'm in this space and I feel like I I feel like I need to kind of push out of this a little bit and I can imagine there are a lot of people who actually feel like that right now in either their businesses or their careers do you have any advice for someone who's in this space right now where they're like I'm an introvert I am in an extroverted life and I don't feel like I'm fitting very well, but I'm terrified to leave or I don't know what my first steps are. Have you got any advice that speaks to how to kind of navigate that whole situation? Absolutely. The main two things I would say, and it will always come back to this, is how much time are you spending alone? There is a human design reader who I follow her content. Her name's Christy Inger, and she has this wonderful phrase, and I'm just going to credit her because it's, it's not mine. She calls it pure aura time. And it's how much time are you spending in your own aura? And that means not consuming. So not reading books, not scrolling socials, not listening to podcasts, not even listening to music unless it's instrumental. Being around no one, just you, your aura and your own thoughts. How much time are you actually spending doing that? And for most people, it's very little time. We live in a very stimulating society and it's easy to fill the void and numb with, you know, scrolling or texting people. So the first thing I would say, if you are feeling that pressure building up and the friction, how much time are you actually spending alone? And if it's not that much, where can you carve it out? The second thing I would say is arm yourself with, 
the dialogue, to be able to have conversations with people, we can't expect extroverts to understand how we feel unless you remind them of what they felt like if they were in a lockdown and they couldn't go out of the house and they couldn't mix with people because many of them struggled very much because that's how they recharge their energy. So they felt flat, depressed, awful, devoid of energy. Just the way sometimes the introverts feel when they've been around people for too much. So just arm yourself to have that conversation with people. And it's like, hey, I love hanging out with you, but I might need to leave early. Or, hey, I'd love to see you, but I know I'm going to get so overstimulated if I go to this place. If it's a work conversation, can you have a conversation about maybe working more flexible hybrid? Is there a quieter office? Can you work from home more often? You know, as long as the productivity will be there, which for most introverts, it will. So focus on where is that time alone and then have the conversations. If you are surrounded by extroverts and you're in this extroverted world, they will not know unless you explain to them. Yeah, I love that. And I think practicing having that conversation is really helpful anyway, right? Because it's practicing saying, speaking your boundaries rather than just kind of, and I think you can accumulate a lot of resentment if you don't have these conversations. So then it's another thing that's leaking your energy. Cause like, first of all, this is happening. Second of all, I'm annoyed that this is happening. Third of all, I'm thinking about how I should really set a boundary here and I'm still not doing it. So having the conversation is always so much easier. And I actually would describe myself as an extrovert. I don't know if you noticed, you probably have, Um, but I definitely resonate with that. Like I resonate with the fact that we don't, as extroverts don't necessarily understand what how an introvert would maybe feel and as extroverts I think the conversation would be so important because it's like from my point of view I would never want to offend any of my introverted friends and actually the majority of my friends are introverted maybe they just like sitting while I'm chatting away I'm not sure (laughs) Um, but I actually really appreciate the communication and the hey this is how I like to communicate this is how I like our social gatherings to look xyz and I think you're just solving so many problems for yourself by having that conversation so I think that's that's really really powerful and I think these are really tangible tips as well um, that someone can take away and I think you're asking you're asking that question then around how much time do you actually spend alone and then when you went into the without music with lyrics without school because I'm like alone yeah I spent quite a lot of time alone and then you listed off all of those things and I was like oh my gosh I literally never never do that there are some times where I go for a headphoneless walk and I suppose that is one that counts maybe that but that, that totally counts especially if you're in nature yeah totally so perfect strict without my headphones and sometimes I genuinely feel like I need that are there any other little things that you do alone with like no music no stimulation that you find really helpful way of doing that for someone who's like oh my gosh sitting in silence creeps me out so much the thought of it like oh (laughs) yeah I totally get that start small so I I have a rule now if I go out for a walk or if I'm walking tour from a coffee shop or if I'm walking the dog I don't take a device. I don't listen to it because my default would be, let me put a podcast on. Let me put yep. some music on. So if I am walking outside, there's there's no phone calls. There's no nothing. I'm walking and I'm present with that walking. And I will tell you that my intuition has sharpened about a thousand percent for doing that. I know that if I can't figure something out, if I need to be creative, if I'm trying to you know, work through a problem or come up with an idea for the business, it will drop in when I am walking because I've created the space and the silence for it to 
for it to come in. So that one is is fantastic. And the thing that I used to do, I don't have a car anymore, um, but when I did, I used to drive in silence. And that actually came out of necessity because when I was a controller, it was obviously a very stressful job. And sometimes driving home after like an eight, nine hour shift, which was very stimulating, I just wanted silence. I would just turn the radio off and drive. And that was the first way I think I understood at a deeper level that I needed that that disconnection from everyone and everything. So even if you're driving somewhere for five minutes, 10 minutes, that's a great way to start. Just drive in silence and build up from there. I love that. I love that. These are so, so tangible. So I feel like these are really, you know, such such easy little tips that people can implement into their own lives. And like you said, it kind of has that then knock on effect of now an an idea's dropped in. Now I've had this realization that maybe I could be doing this in business or in my career or a little ping of an idea that's kind of come through that I need to action. So I'm excited to see how everyone gets on with putting a little bit more quiet time into their lives. So I recently... Um, read one of your I think it was one of your Instagram posts actually you were talking about your thoughts on morning routines the 5am <laughs> club and I feel like while we're on this topic of spending a little bit of time solo I'm also really keen to hear your opinion around this idea of like really kind of regimented morning routines 5am club get up get at it kind of mentality I'd love to know your thoughts <laughs> oh I have so many thoughts I have so many thoughts look <laughs> there is absolutely a time and place for those things. Do they work? Yes, 1000%. Do they work for introverts or those of us that are more sensitive or you know need to manage our energy? Not so much. And here's why. If we look at an introvert wakes up in the morning with all of the energy that they're going to have for that day, and then every social interaction or everything where we're pushing up pushing ourselves in some way kind of drains the energy a little bit and ideally you would want that energy to drain gradually over the day and by the evening you would drain your energy and you'd be like oh okay now I'm spent I'm ready for bed with extroverts it's slightly different because you guys wake up and you get fueled throughout the day with all of these interactions so if I get up at 5 a.m and do 20 minutes of cardio 20 minutes of weights I don't know quarter of an hour of meditation and journaling and and whatever else then it's 6 a.m and I've probably spent like a third of my energy for the day whereas you know and the other thing I will say with this which I'm sure you'll appreciate this is very much set for men because this is set on a 24-hour hormonal pattern where you can just get up and do the same thing day after day after day it does not take into account the female hormonal pattern of 28 days so Do I love morning routines? Yes, absolutely. But does it have to be go get up, go at it, get it done, you know, get up while everyone else is still asleep and exhaust yourself at the start of the day? No, because that's not going to be productive for you. So yes, have a routine, but make it work for you. Try it out. And maybe it's not as hard hitting as, you know, Tony Robbins or someone might suggest. And that's okay. You're not going to fail just because you didn't have a morning routine. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. I feel like everyone is going to find this conversation so refreshing because this is just the opposite of what you're kind of drilled into when you first run a business of you need to be getting off at five. And I totally agree with you, by the way. I find there are times of my cycle where I can do that. And even as an extrovert, technically I wake up and I'm energized throughout the day and that's absolutely correct. But 
I still don't always agree. I mean, especially when I'm in my luteal phase or when I'm just on the first couple of days of my period, I am just like, I sometimes feel like an introvert where I'm like, actually today the tank is really, really low and I just need to focus on you know, um, being with myself, being intentional, being intuitive with my time. So I completely, I completely agree with the above. And I think this notion of needing to do that to create a successful business isn't true either. And I often find, because I I fell into that trap when I first started a business of waking up really early and getting all of these things done and doing my journaling and meditation. And the list is so long that it actually can create more pressure. I feel you can wake up feeling like I've got a massive to-do list of things that I need to do to be successful from a mindset perspective to then also have a massive list of practical things to do to move my business forward in a way. And so it just creates a lot of overwhelm. And I think if you can find one or two things that you do in a morning to just reset your own energy, whether that be taking a couple of deep breaths, writing down your intentions for the day, something really small maybe, and find what works for you and make that your thing rather than having this kind of like massive long to-do list to the point where you're like, well, I can't actually start work till 3 p.m. because I've got so many things that I need I've to get I've got to do done. my morning routine. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I think you touched on something there that's really important as well. And something that I've seen over and over again is, if you give yourself 10 things that you need to do before breakfast to be successful, it turns into a tick box exercise. So you will find people going, oh, journaling, oh, quick, let me get that done. And there's no intention behind it. The energy isn't there. They will be doing a gratitude list, but they're not feeling the gratitude. They're just writing it down so that they can get it done, tick the box and move on to the next thing. That's the danger of having too many things there. Whereas, as you say, pick a couple of things that work for you, that nurture you, that you can fully lean into. And maybe it's not first thing in the morning. Maybe it's last thing before you go to bed, or maybe it's the middle of the afternoon. It it doesn't have to be exactly as someone says, just because, you know, it's worked for them and they've written a successful book about it. Yeah. And they are mostly written by men as well, all these 5am. They are. They're always like black and red and very like bro (laughs) and and kind of bold. And yeah. And And again, there's a market for that. And it's, it's not to say it doesn't work. It does. But, you know, it can lead to, I think, People trying it out, like you say, and then feeling like they've failed and feeling like they're not good enough and they they can't keep up. And that's not true at all. You just got to find your own way of doing it. Totally, totally. I think, yeah, this is just going to change everyone's perspective on how to create success as an introvert, or even if you're not an introvert and you're listening to this, I hope that it's giving you some insight as to how you can start making your routine a little bit more your own and run your business in a way that feels really good for you and just give you that permission slip really to do it your own way. So Emma, I'm really intrigued because I know that you're also a a health nut as well. You love um, all of your biohacking things and I'd love to know a little bit about your personal routine. So Obviously, we're not, you know, we're not big fans of the go out and get them first thing in the morning, bang, bang, bang kind of mentality. What does a morning routine look like for you? How do you tend to own your energy throughout the day? What does that look like for you? So I'm generally a fairly early riser. I usually wake around six or 6.30. I wake up naturally because one of the things I promised myself when I left my job of you know shift work for 23 years is that the only time I would set an alarm clock was to get a flight so I never schedule calls for early in the morning because (laughs) I wake up when I wake up um but I also have quite demanding pets so it generally doesn't get much later than about 6 30 when they're they're trying to get fed um so I I wake up I 
I used to have coffee in bed. I don't do very well with a caffeine hit on an empty stomach first thing in the morning at my age. So it's decaf tea now. Um, I also have probiotic first thing and I have a greens drink. And that's just kind of a, a routine that I've gotten into. I don't enjoy either of those things particularly, but I know if I do them first thing, then then they're done. And I do like to generally wake up slowly. I like to read a little bit in bed or, you know, catch up with friends and catch up with messages and stuff like that. And then I love to go for a walk before I start work. I find it really clears my head. And I know then that I have done something to care for myself. I know that the usual route that I do, I live near the near the sea, which is great. I know that the route that I do is about 30 minutes and it's about three and a half thousand steps. So I'm like, right, great. I've done that. I've done, you know, almost half of what I need to to do to hit my baseline minimum of 10,000. 10, I know I'm going to move around the house and, and other things. And then I can, you know, do something later, whether that's, uh, you know, another walk or depending on the weather. And then I always try and just get a few breaths outside between calls. I leave a 15 minute gap between calls when it's a cold day. And I'll just like run to the garden and be like, if it's summer, I'll be like barefoot in the garden, just trying to ground a little bit from from being around the tech. Um, and then actually, I'm probably better with an evening routine than a morning routine. I've always loved this kind of I love having a bit of a ritual before bed and a, a bit of a performance. I I love to have a salt bath. I love essential oils. I always journal in the evening. I have my blue blockers on. I'll be taking my magnesium. I know you'll approve of all of yeah. that. <laughs> um, if I'm feeling a, a bit like, because I'm a generator, so sometimes if I've still got that sacral energy, if I haven't quite moved enough, I have a rebounder. So I'll do a little bit of rebounding, um, just gentle, because I don't want to like get my heart rate up right before I sleep, but sometimes I just need to get that get that energy out and I, I do some stretches before bed um, and then I read and then I fall asleep to a meditation. Wow. I love that. That's like tick, 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 basically got every single box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and this month I've got yeah. a pass for an infrared sauna and oh, unlimited wow. pass. So I'm going almost every day. I'm actually going after this call. So wow. to me, the dream would be if I had space at home, I would have an infrared sauna at home because that gives me yeah gives me life and all of these things just help me to own my energy I love that and I feel like a lot of them are things that you're doing solo as well so it's all also that kind of introverted recharge that you that you need throughout the day and I love this idea of taking time between your calls to go and breathe and just and one of the things that I always say to my clients when they're looking at getting into mindfulness and they're looking at getting into a slower a slower living kind of pace is it's not really about what you do for an hour a day it's about what you're doing incrementally for like 13 seconds in between your meetings it's when you're going to the toilet can you literally sit on the toilet and breathe and be like how am I feeling what do I need what's going on internally for me right now can you take every little opportunity to check in and if you're looking at it from a like a reprogramming perspective it's much more beneficial to remind yourself in short, sweet spurts regularly versus have one hour a day where you're being really intentional. And then the rest of the day is like an absolute free for all. So I love all of the little check-ins that you have throughout the day to be like, 
how am I feeling? What do I need? Reground my energy, shake it off. That's another really powerful thing to do, especially after you've had a really heavy client call or something like that to get on your rebounder. And literally sometimes I get up and I like physically shake my entire body just to get the energy off. Um, It's such a powerful way of just being like, okay, cool. What's next? So I think so many people are going to take lots of little things from this episode today. I really, really appreciate it. Do you find it difficult to balance taking care of your health and taking care of your business is there is there sometimes a little bit of difficulty there doing that yeah for sure I think that there are different seasons where I have gone too far one way and not the other there are definitely like at the start of lockdown I had only just gone full-time in my business so I hadn't really found a routine for myself obviously everything was turbulent in the world anyway um I you know, I was lucky because I could go for walks and, you know, we've got the beach locally so I could get some nature, but I really struggled and I definitely spent too much time in front of the screen. And I built my, I built my business really quickly in those few years. And then of course, once the world opened up again, I had to look at it and go, I don't want to be spending six hours a day on Zoom now, five days a week, because there are other things I can be doing. So there was a, a kind of rebalance there. And this year, in fact, I, I've talked about this a lot. I took a very spacious summer, which was very intentional. And I I cut down on clients and I knew my revenue would be less. And I was okay with that because I felt like, you know, I was five years into business. And I was like, I really want to take some time and space. I want to travel. I want to be away from away from the screen. So I was able to do that, but knowing that okay, if I'm not going out and promoting and and selling as much, my revenue is going to take a dip and and I was okay with that. So I think, yeah, it it can be a struggle to get get it right. And it's definitely, you know, a little bit of a pendulum. But like you say, the small habits that I've now got ingrained, they help they help so much. One of the big things for me was energetic boundaries with working at home. And I'm sure any entrepreneurs are familiar with this where you don't have that commute to end your day or you know you can't just leave things at work and come home because they're both there so I'm very very intentional and boundaried around my tech usage about um for instance I have two phones I have a work phone and a and a personal phone so my personal phone has no social media it doesn't have any of my work apps on it and that does not come into the office because that I, you know, I don't want to be in between client calls and I'm looking at, you know, an, e- an email from the cleaner or something. And it's, it's about, like you say, this being present and being mindful of where you are and not flicking between a million different things. In the same way, my work phone doesn't leave the office because I don't want to be like, you know, sending a Voxer to clients in my kitchen while I'm cooking. That's not fair on anything, you know, it's not fair on them and it's not fair on me. So, Having these kind of strict for me tech boundaries has been really important as well to to doing that. I never thought about having boundaries around the different rooms that you're using your phone in, but that makes so much sense that you don't want to be voxering your client while you're checking on your chicken in the oven or whatever. Like it just, it doesn't work. So I think that is really, really powerful. And I'm really glad that you're, kind of transparent around what your journey has kind of looked like obviously over lockdown I just feel like the whole online space was just completely different wasn't it everybody was online it was the only thing and I think there is this kind of wave now of entrepreneurs who are like 
actually, now that the world's open again, I kind of want to be doing more stuff in real life. And I kind of want to be doing more, like spending less time on Zoom and less time on Instagram and more time in my actual day-to-day life. I think it's actually a, a wave of emotion that a lot of people are feeling at the moment. So I'm glad that you've just really lent into that and been like, okay, how can I make this a reality? Boundaries, do more things here, do work things and structure things in a way that feels good for me, done. Like, yeah, things might take a dip for a little bit, but if I want longevity in my business, this is the way that it's going to look. So I think this is just so refreshing. This conversation has been so refreshing. I'm sure that everybody will take something from it. So I, I definitely have myself. So thank you so much for sharing all of this with us. I feel like you've given us so many nuggets of wisdom today. Why don't you share with everybody how they can potentially work with you, how they can, I know you've got an incredible podcast that I've been leaning into myself and you also have a newsletter, but why don't you share with everybody how they can get in contact with you, how they can potentially work with you and a little bit more about where to find you. Absolutely. So as of now, I support clients in a few different ways. One is one-on-one, which is always my favorite. So I work with entrepreneurs and executives who are ready to reach their potential, but they are not prepared to sacrifice their energy or, you know, sacrifice their values to do it. And they want to do it in their own way. I also offer leadership development programs to organizations and smaller businesses that's called Quiet Power. And that is really about, it's twofold, really. It's about educating the next generation of introverted leaders on how to own their energy and develop themselves as leaders, but also for senior leaders, who are, many of who are extroverts, to help them really understand when they're managing a team, what do they need to do? How do they need to support their introverts? What what needs to be different? And how does the when you've empowered both your extroverts and your introverts, the productivity and how your team dynamics change. And I also offer keynote speeches and workshops in a similar theme as well. So there's a big education piece now about understanding how we can all play to our strengths and use our energy. But in terms of, yeah, actually working with me, one-on-one is is my favorite. I love it's supporting clients one-on-one. Yeah. yeah. And of course the podcast, like you say, is a great place to start. I'm, I think 170 episodes in or something now wow. we've been going for over three years. So if you're curious to learn more about owning your energy, then tune into the ambitious introvert. I will put all of the links to that in the show notes so that people can head straight on over and subscribe to the podcast and have a look at your website and everything else. But that is absolutely fantastic. It has been such a pleasure to speak to you today. Thank you so, so much for your time. And yeah, hopefully we'll have you on again at some point to chat um, how you're getting on and maybe have another check in later on down the line. But thank you so much for joining. And for anyone who wants to connect with Emma, which I'm sure you will, I'll leave all of her details in the show notes so you, you can check check them out.